Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. I'm really excited today. I'm excited every time, but I am really excited to have Tessa Evans on today. Tessa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm so awesome. I'm so grateful that you're here. And what's so funny is that I'll look at my um, calendar, right? And it says your name, Tessa Evans. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. A lot of the right. time, I have no idea who I'm talking to. And I have to, that's why I ask, like in the, when you sign up, how do, where do, where do I know you from? And you put in an Instagram, like I found you on Instagram. And yeah. so I've been like stalking you for years, probably as long as like years. And um, you guys go by eight people, three dogs and a snake on a bus. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw that this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, I know who this is. I'm so excited. So okay. welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're going to, I want to jump in because I don't know almost anything about your story, which is actually how I prefer it. I follow you on Instagram. Like I said, okay. um, all your, and you have a YouTube channel, all your links are available in the description so people can find you. Hey, take me back to your journey to becoming a parent, because I know you've had one adoption and you've done foster care also. <laughs> So it's right. looked it's looked not traditional, I guess. Right. So yeah, we actually started pretty young. I had my first baby when I was 22, um, and we kind of had this vision of our family. Um, I wanted like six kids. My husband wanted maybe two or three. So he always likes to say that we compromised at six. <laughs> um, so but it didn't really unfold that easily. So our first three came pretty quickly right when we wanted them. Um, and we had a really hard time getting pregnant with our fourth and um, there was no medical reason, no, no reason that we could think of, um, but it just wasn't happening, which was kind of discouraging after it being so easily easy the first three times. Um, and then, we had kind of already had this vision that one day when our kids were older, we would do foster care or we would adopt or something like that. But we were gonna wait until our biological family was a bit older. Um, the reasons for that, I do not know, but we just had that in our minds. Um, and so we were struggling to get pregnant with our fourth, thinking that that would probably be our last child after all. And um, one day we tried down the highway and we see this billboard advertising foster care you know encouraging families to sign up and um it just kind of hit us different we've seen that billboard a hundred times but this time it just caught our attention for some reason and so we kind of started talking about it and um it was kind of a matter of prayer and meditation and yeah. once we uh we we got a really strong um, answer, a very strong and clear, powerful answer that yes, do foster care and do it right away. And so we did the very next morning, we are online registering for our training and trying to see what that looks like. Um, 
we got licensed right away and then we waited <laughs> and we waited and we waited and it was a little bit frustrating because we felt like oh this answer or this direction felt so strong and so right why is it not happening still not getting pregnant like you know um about nine and a half ten months after licensing we had a call about our we are home-based in uh we it's waiting. And so we were waiting without a call for nine months. And it was like, what's going on? You know, I thought there were all these kids needing homes and we're ready to do this. And um, anyway, so we get our first call about taking a child. And um, she said that there were six children that came in on the same day. She's trying to place everyone and um, would be willing to take a one-year-old. And so we were ready. We felt that was right. And we went down to the office the very next day to pick up our one-year-old. Um, he had misspoke. <laughs> there was a one for a, you know, an older baby and here this little newborn. Um, I'll never forget the I held him and he was rough and like, I don't know why, but I dug through and found his little face and he woke up and just looked at kind of this moment of, oh, there you are, um, a little bit surreal. And so we took him home and the same week I found out pregnant. <laughs> and so I thought that's a, a story that you hear quite often now that those yeah. things kind of happen. And so, um, so yeah, his case went to adoption fairly and um, through some family members trying to adopt and things like that and being denied, um, his biological mother asked that, um, like, well, we had kind of formed a relationship with her through letters and things and just sharing pictures with her. And um, she had asked that if we would adopt him, if we would promise that we would be the ones, then she would relinquish rights early. And um, so that was a really um, horrible and wonderful moment <laughs> to sit in a courtroom and um, suddenly be given this child that we know gets to be ours forever. And at the same time, watch a mother do the hardest thing to sign away her rights and, um, and to give this gift to her child that she knew she couldn't give him was so humbling and so wonderful, but also just terribly sad, you know, to see. Um, so anyway, we are, his adoption became final, um, let's see, a month after, oh, I'm sorry, I've got an alarm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, his adoption was final about a month after our daughter was born. And so- oh, wow. Yeah, so it was really a quick process for us. I know that that's um, fairly uncommon, but um, yeah. And so we had these five children suddenly. And um, then about six years later, we got uh, our bonus baby. So, oh, okay. our six. all right. <laughs> yeah, the surprise at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Our wonderful caboose that we now can't imagine not having, of course, you know. Of course. So, in that you 
I think because the seed had been planted about foster care with you prior, even though a lot of people want to wait until the biological journey's over, I don't know what the mindset is behind that. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It, it's kind of like, well, you do this one thing, you know, parenting your biological kids, and then you'll do this other. They seem like two really big things. Right. That maybe that's why it's hard to imagine doing it simultaneously. But once you guys really felt that call, you, you didn't question it at all. No, we, I mean, the, the answer and the direction that we received um, was so powerful that that was, it was kind of undeniable. Like there was no question what we should do. And so, um, and looking back, you know, that's about the timing that he was conceived. And yes. so it's kind of interesting how those things just fall into place when they're meant to. Yeah, I totally agree. I had the same experience with foster care where you go through all of the training and stuff. And then I don't know how many months it was before, but I was like, where are these phone calls? Yeah. But don't worry, once they come, they're going to come. Oh, yeah. yeah like, in a flood. So, yeah. um, but that's interesting. I had the same issue. Now, were you planning on adopting or were you planning or did you not have a plan? Just doing we didn't have a plan. Okay. Yeah. It was just kind of like foster care feels right right now. But um, our kind of focus in that was, well, if we aren't having another baby, then we can, we have love and space and time and energy to help a child and help a family be reunified. So that was kind of our focus and goal is to, you know, if we can ever help a family heal. Yeah. and come back to a safe and healthy place, then, um, you know, what a great thing. So, so we did adopt um, our first placement, which um, wasn't necessarily our goal, but obviously we weren't opposed to it in any way. Um, but after that, we did have a lot of other children come and um, then be returned to their families. And that was such an incredible experience to be able to help those families like heal and, and, you know, I think so many people don't learn how to be parents from their parents. And we were really blessed in that. Like we both came from very healthy families. And so we were able to kind of mentor some other parents and help them just learn how to be parents. And that was so rewarding to see those families then be able to be reunified and come together in a healthy way. So it's really important that you bring that up. And I think a lot of people that want to do foster care lose sight or don't realize that reunification is the number one goal. And a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. Right. And, and it's really hard to sit and at a table, you know, like you go in and you sit down and you basically read this file on this child and, and let me know if it was the same for you. You know, they call you and for me, I prayed about every decision. We said no more than we said yes. And um, you feel like this is the right placement. So you say yes to that initial phone call with just, you're, you're getting briefed, right? And then you go in and you kind of read the file and have a bigger discussion. Is that how it went for you? You know, um, not with our first placement, but with the other placements after that, that is pretty much, yeah, okay. how it went. And you read basically this rap sheet with police reports and medical reports and pictures of bruises. Like, it's not a pretty happy thing to read. No. It's really emotionally intense. And I love your perspective so much because it's very easy to be incredibly angry. 
yeah. and the parents that did this to this child and to then to to realize that these are the parents that did this to this child or children and then help them do it right and get that child back that's a really challenging space to sit in yeah definitely and you know there were some families that that was easier to do than others yeah you know just depending on the situation and and whatever but um yeah you're right because your first introduction to this family is a negative one mm-hmm. and a horrific one oftentimes yeah um but something that we've learned and have really been able to um, just have our eyes open to is that it's not ever a matter of them not loving their child. <laughs> it's a matter of most often of addiction that is so powerful that it overtakes all. It's often generational trauma and you know not, not ever having learned how to be a parent or not ever having um, felt the love that they needed in order to reciprocate, you know? And so, um, those are learned things generationally oftentimes. And so being able to separate that and to be able to then say, okay, and how can I help you, um, want to do better and be able to give you the tools to do that? You know, that it is, it is a difficult thing, but if I were in the other, you know, on the other side of it and the other shoes, I would want reunified with my child. I would want another chance. Um, I make mistakes as a parent daily, but I want another chance every time, you know? And so granted, there are some mistakes that are not, you know, you're not able to overcome or things like that, but when possible, I think that is the best thing to be able to really reunify families. I agree, but it is it is difficult to navigate. And for people who are considering foster care or who are in that, you know, it's it, and the success rate for reunification is statistically higher. The last information I read, if the foster parents and the biological parents have a connection, have contact, yeah. are working together, um, and you know that it it is it's anyway it's just it's challenging but you your attitude is fantastic you're doing foster care you had about 15 kids come through and you loved it so in my introduction i mentioned a bus you guys live on a bus um which i love and that's a different sort of parenting situation you have to commit to homeschool um you're shifting gears a lot so i want to I want to transition into now you have like these six kids, you had the bonus child six years later. And at some point you, you ended foster care. That's a hard transition also. Yeah, it really was. Um, Our last placement was a sibling group of three and they had actually come back to us a couple of times. Um, And it got to the point where, you know, we found out we were having another baby, our house, no longer fit um our car no longer fit um these kinds of things and um and honestly it just felt like okay we have we have we've been the bridge for the children that needed to cross through us and um and now it's time to step back I don't know, you know, someday in the future, we may very well return to foster care because we do believe it's a a good thing. 
Um, but right now is just not that time. I don't know. It just felt like, okay, it's, it's time to refocus on our six. And so after those three girls went home, um, we, which we still stay in contact with them and their mom and they're doing so well. And it's so awesome to see, but, um, yeah, then it was just kind of time to start to refocus in on our six because foster care is so exhausting. <laughs> it's so all encompassing because, um, while yes, they need you in the same capacity that your biological children need you, they also need you in a lot of other ways. Um, just, just the appointments alone, you know, the doctor's appointments, the therapist appointments, the visits, the, all of those things, the court dates and all of those things, um, our kids needed us back for a while. I, I, you know, the interesting thing about foster care is that you really, really know when to do it, like you said, and you really, really know when you're done. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, it was a God thing for me, you know, but still I, there was a lot of thought and prayer it, because it's really, it's a uh, challenging to do it. And it's challenging to walk away. Yeah. So you have to really know and feel good about it. And I was the same way. Like I knew, I knew when I was done, there was not a question and our kids did not want us to stop. They, you know, my kids wanted me to keep, they did not want to be done. And I was done. It was time. Yeah. Um, you transitioned out of that. And then, so I don't, what's the timeline that you guys decided and how, like, what was this process like? Like, Hey, we're going to live full-time on a bus and <laughs> renovate a bus. And, um, with three dogs and a snake and six kids and like, that's, that's huge in and of itself separately. Right. Yeah. So tell yeah. me the process of that and when that happened compared to everything else. You know, we, um, I, I really don't even think they're connected, but I'm sure they are in some way, but we, um, kind of came to this place, I guess about a year after, um, after we had stopped foster care, we had already started homeschooling and kind of been, had our eyes open to this newfound like freedom that we had yeah. in our schedule and in the way we used our time. Um, and didn't even realize, I mean, we loved our public school. We loved it. Um, but there was just a conversation that was had over a weekend about um, some deliberate choices that we had never really made. Like it was just kind of, you just put your kids in school at five years old and you just, you know, and um, realizing that we had never sat down and said, what do we want our children's education to look like? Mm. And so over the course of a weekend, we kind of sat and just discussed that and really made some deliberate choices of and and mapped it out we wrote out a list like this is what we want our children's education to include now where can we best find that and um it was clear to us at that time that that was it was at home and so we we brought them home our three younger kids our two older kids at the time were thriving in their schools and we just didn't feel like that was the time to pull them um, and so we started homeschool with the three younger kids. Um, we had our new baby. And then our older daughters started like seeing the way we were doing school and our education. And um, they started asking things like, well, should we have learned that? And, you know, these kinds of things that their younger siblings are learning or experiencing. And so by the halfway mark, 
of that year, our older daughters were asking to do part-time. And in Utah, you can do that, which is really fantastic. And so we took them out part of the day and have you know, some education at home. And then they went to school for part of the day. And then by the end of that school year, they said, let's just do homeschool full time. So that kind of like really opened up our lives, you know, um, and, and the thought process of what else have we not deliberately chosen in our lives? Um, what kind of life do we want? What do we want our life to look like? And that coupled with um, several tragedies in our family, losing some people and family and friends unexpectedly that really made us um, awaken to how we were using our time and how precious that time, especially with our children is. Um, and then our older daughter saying, you know, I only have one more Christmas at home before I move out. And it was kind of like this, whoa, whoa, where did that go? What happened? You know, how did this we just started our family. How are we now here? Um, and so we sat down as a family and we made a vision board and um, kind of what do we want our family culture to look like? What do we want our family life to look like? And honestly, we loved our life. We loved our neighborhood, our home, our, you know, our friends and family and everything, our jobs. But um, we had just gotten lucky, honestly, without those deliberate choices. And so we, something that we had always wanted to do was, you know, more travel as a family, but there was never enough time, never enough money, um, especially with a large family. And so sitting down to this vision board really helped us kind of define what we wanted that to look like. And it was clear that a few things in our life had to go in order to make space for the things that we really wanted. And so um, from there, we just, my husband and I just kind of started talking and like, okay, how could we make this possible? Before it had always been, well, there's never enough time, never enough money, we can't do that. And instead we just reframed the conversation to how can we do that? Um, what do we need to do to make this possible? And so we just started getting the house ready to sell. It was clear that if we sold our home, then you know we could be completely debt free in addition to having the money we needed to um, start the next journey and um, travel full-time and so we just really it really came down to we want to take back this time we have with our kids because it's going too fast so how do we capitalize on that and make every minute count and so yeah so the bus was the answer for us <laughs> it's so crazy how you got there. I mean, everybody's journey is so different, but there are some things that are so common about like, you know, I will always want to travel, leave a smaller footprint. I work from home anyway. Like, but you guys have such a unique story where you just kind of realize like, wait, we, we, you're right. The, the, I can't afford it. And I don't have enough time. I only have two weeks of vacation a year. Right. I like that. That is honestly a huge part. And how, how blessed that you could sell the house to fund it, which is one of the biggest problems, right? Yeah, for sure. And that my husband has um, the skills because we still work. It's not like we're, you know, retired or anything, but my husband has the skills to be able to work online and remotely. And so, um, you know, once those, those puzzle pieces were in place, it really gave us this freedom to be able to decide even on a daily basis, what our what our time is going to be filled up with. 
it's also fascinating to me or just really cool that you guys had this conversation about homeschool and it went slowly and the kids were so involved in it, in the decision, in that whole process, because that makes it easier. And then the same thing with, wait, you're leaving in a year. This isn't how we want things to go down. And again, you had that conversation and the kids were involved. It's like, look, living six people, I mean, six kids, three dogs and a snake, um, living full time in what? 250 square feet you know I mean that's people can't it's hard to wrap your mind around what it's like to downsize one person or two people to 250 square feet when you're not um used to that conversation let alone all the kids what was it like that downsizing process and getting rid of the house? Because I find that it's like super happy and exciting and super terrifying and sad. Like mm-hmm. it's both. Yeah. Yeah. There are all kinds of feelings. I mean, it's, it's so complex, but honestly, getting rid of our stuff was so freeing. And yeah. there, I mean, we, I mean, we didn't get rid of everything. We do have a storage unit with like our sentimental things, you know, furniture that's been passed down through the family and things like that, that um, are special and important that we couldn't replace. Right. But um, I was not prepared for how liberating it would be. I did not realize how much mental energy and space this stuff took up. Mm -hmm. Um, Another surprising thing to us was that, you know, we gave the kids each this huge tote to fill with their things that wouldn't be going on the bus, but that they wanted to keep, you know, that they didn't want to get rid of. Um, It was incredibly surprising and eye-opening that those totes did not get filled. They, um, you know, they each had a couple of things, but overall, the stuff just didn't matter to them. And that was another thing that made us feel like we're on the right track because so much of our life, you know, is to give our children the things that, you know, and um, to see them so easily part with those things in favor of time with us was really like confirming that, okay, this is the right path for us right now. How long have you guys been on the road now? And um, I know that when you when you get on that, when you get in the bus that first time and drive away, you you do this thing where you're. I think people we as we hold on to what we're letting go of, but the second you like push the gas pedal down and start to drive away, you turn and look forward. How much has that changed your life over this amount of time? Um, I don't even know where to start. Right. Yeah. Um, it has been a complete life shift and we did not expect, um, well, first of all, going into it, we were super naive. We were like, had this romantic vision of, you know, getting on the bus in these beautiful spots every single day. And, um, and the reality was the transition was really, really hard. Yes. Um, the first couple of months, Matt and I would just like lock eyes across the room and just be like, what have we done? This is, you know, like we can't go back. What have we done? This is not what we envisioned. And, um, you know, but everyone's acclimating. It is, I think the mistake we made too, was we hit the road right away. Like we moved in and drove away. And, um, 
that was not the right way to approach it. <laughs> if we could do it again, we would live in the small space for a little while and acclimate to that before like hitting the road because they're kind of two separate things. You have to acclimate to the space and how everything works, paying attention to the power you're using and making sure you have enough solar, um, making sure your water, you know, you have enough water supply and where are you gonna get it? And all of those things you have to acclimate to. Um, and then when you leave, there's this vulnerability right? You are no longer in this space or this place that you are comfortable with or familiar with. You're no longer surrounded with people you know and you know have your back. Um, you have, the, you know, most of the time you've never been to this new place before. So you don't know where things are, where the grocery store is, you know, just all of those kinds of little things. And so if you can kind of separate those two things, I think it would be easier. But um yeah, driving away for the first time was so exhilarating and terrifying. Yeah. Um, Cause you just don't know, you don't know and you've risked it all, you know? But now looking back, we have had experiences and had people come into our lives and um, memories made with our children that are absolutely priceless. And it hasn't been easy all the time. It's not easy, you know, but those moments have made it absolutely worth it and and have given us the ability to really look at different life choices um and make more intentional life choices um along the way but also like have given us a new perspective on the world on the people in it um, not only are we experiencing these amazing places with our children and being able to learn through that but honestly, the people that we have encountered, like, it's so easy to watch the news and get discouraged about the world. But when you get out there, and you're, you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you suddenly are able to see that there is so much goodness there. Yeah, that people are inherently good and want to do good and want to serve each other. And we have been so incredibly blessed with the people that have crossed our path. How long have you guys been on the road now or in the bus? We've been in the bus for three years. That's what I thought. I, I wanted yeah. to make sure I had the time right. Um, let's finish up. I want to kind of end on keeping your relationship healthy. You have six kids, which is more than the average. You spent this time doing foster care, which is more than the average. Um, did an, threw an adoption in there, had a surprise baby at the end. You also have three dogs and a snake with you. Like it's not just eight people. It, right. Like there are animals and stuff also. And um, tell me about what you've done. And it doesn't have to be just in this three years, but what you've done, because you did, you started early. You were young. You had to kind of grow up together while parenting. And um, yeah, let's kind of end there on the relationship and not kind of losing yourself and each other. Yeah. You know, um, Matt and I have always just felt that the foundation of a family is the marriage. Um, and if that is strong, everything else will fall into place and be supported. And um, so our kids know, I mean, and and not in a bad way, but they know that dad and I, our relationship comes first, that date night is prioritized, that we are a team in, in decisions, um, you know, small ones as well as big ones. Um, but the thing that has helped us 
established that and continues to help us establish that is that we discovered fairly early on that if I was focusing on meeting his needs um, and he was focusing on meeting mine, then neither of us ever had a lack of our own needs being met. Um, and it's easy to lose track of that sometimes. And, but the, it's kind of like this thing when I start to feel like my needs aren't being met, I need to look in the mirror and say, okay, am I meeting his? Because chances are good that I've let that slip and that's why I'm feeling a lack. Um, and so if I can refocus and then say, okay, how can I serve him or love him better today? I immediately start to feel filled up. Um, and I, I just think I, I was blessed to see a good example of marriage in, in my home growing up and he and his, and we were able to like, look at our parents' marriages and say, okay, yeah, this was a weak spot that was hard for them. This was a strength that I want to take into our marriage and, and just kind of have a, a deliberate thought process of what parts of their marriage can I adopt and what parts will I let go and create for myself. And, um, but yeah, always thinking about how I can fill his cup. Um, it's interesting how mine is never empty. Oh, that was such, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your story. Yeah. So fun to talk.